Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. You may have noticed that I changed some of the language in the intro because you are guardians, not owners, and words matter. I am so delighted that you all are here. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Rachel R. Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I own and run a Good Feeling Dog Training, which is based in Denver, Colorado. But these days, we really have clients nationwide. So don't let your location be a barrier if you want to work with us. So today's episode is actually a replay of an episode I did a long time ago, probably a year and a half ago, about dog parks. And it's kind of fresh on my mind because I recently went to the dog park with Waylon. And I know that dog parks have a really bad rap. If you follow me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you know that I was talking about this the other day. But not all dog parks are bad. And dog parks can definitely be a lifeline for a lot of guardians, myself included. So I hope that this replay will be helpful. Um, Please know that I have some really awesome new episodes coming at you in the future. We're going to talk about dogs and babies. I'm going to have a panel discussion with other positive reinforcement trainers kind of talking about what we do and why we do it. I'm going to have an episode on the history of dog training. I'm going to do an episode talking about the work that I'm doing with the wolves. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of really awesome episodes coming at you in the future. Um, my life has been a lot lately. We tragically lost a close friend. Tiva's health hasn't been great. So um, that is why I'm bringing you this replay today. But please know that I have some awesome episodes coming at you in the future. Before I replay the dog park episode, I want to read you the latest review over on Apple Podcasts. Um, It is entitled, Rachel is so positive. I discovered this podcast in the summer of 2020, and I always feel better after listening to it. I then found Rachel on Instagram and later took her reactive redefine class. She is always so positive, unlike some trainers out there, and is good with people as well as dogs. She takes time to explain the dog's motivation and behavior to come up with a good training plan. They used to see as scary, loud noises, trucks, buses, skateboards, nighttime, etc. All of the podcast episodes have been helpful advice, but 196 is the best. Thank you, Rachel. So that um, is by Mitzi and Friends, and I know exactly who wrote it, and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. So if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, and you have been meaning to leave a five-star review, hey, if you do that, maybe I will read your episode live on the air next. Everyone, enjoy this episode on dog parks. Let's let's talk about dog parks, shall we? So dog parks came up for me very recently because I was at a dog park 
and I wasn't feeling stressed, which is absolutely not the norm for me. Um, And I'm sure that a lot of you can relate to this. And, you know, there's definitely like ebbs and flows in our lives, especially when it comes to the dogs that we own and take care of. And as many of you know, I owned Sonny for 10 years and he could be very dog aggressive. So dog parks were not somewhere that I went carefree. They were not somewhere that I was able just to go and like relax and have a good time. And these days um, with Sweet Tiva and Sweet Waylon, I actually do really enjoy the dog park in a lot of ways. Um, My dogs really do genuinely enjoy the sociability of a dog park. They like to say hey to other dogs. They like to say hi to other people. So it's an interesting phenomenon for me these days to be able to go to the dog park and not be a basket case, so to speak. So um, if you can relate to that... You're not alone. I feel you. And you know, this is something that I preach a lot on this podcast is that we're working so hard to change our dog's conditioned emotional responses to things. Um, But it's very much about changing our own conditioned emotional responses to things as well, right? And um, while I do consider myself a dog trainer, I really consider myself a people coach first. And it's really about changing both human and dog behavior. So it was just kind of one of those things that like I know that, but I just understood it from a different um, perspective and point of view that day when I was at the dog park. So let's talk about um, dogs that should and maybe shouldn't be going to dog parks. Okay, so let's talk about dogs that should be going to dog parks. So dogs that are sociable in the fact that they really do for the most part, enjoy interactions with other dogs. So they seek out greeting other dogs. They like to play with other dogs. That's a dog that I absolutely think should be going to the dog park. Um, A dog that maybe isn't as social, it's definitely going to be a case-by-case basis with everything in dog training. But I think that dogs who like other dogs and can say hi to other dogs, but maybe don't love other dogs, but they're not like fearful or aggressive about it, I think that dog parks could probably be a good option in, in certain cases with a dog like that too. Um... I think that a dog who is also social with people is pretty important because with dogs come people. So if your dog genuinely does like people, uh, the dog park is probably a pretty good option for them. Um, I think that something that's often overlooked is uh, dogs' ability to be responsive in a dog park setting. I definitely do not encourage my clients, and I do not think that you should do this either, that if you have a dog who loves other dogs and loves people, but cannot be responsive to you in that setting, I don't think that that's necessarily a great thing. Because what I don't want to do is pattern, go to the dog park, find all this access to reinforcement away from me, and then it be like this ordeal trying to get the dog to leave. So I think that that's kind of the flip side, right? Of like a dog who's super friendly, who I think should be going to the dog park. If they're not responsive to you at all at the dog park and you have a hard time getting them to leave, then I definitely do not think that the dog park is the best option for you. And that's not for forever, but I think that that's in the meantime. Okay, so um, those are some types of dogs that I think should be going to the dog park. 
Okay, and obviously there's lots of other dogs, but just as a, a general rule, if your dog is fairly friendly with people and other dogs, non-fearful, non-aggressive, and they can be relatively responsive, I think that that's a really great scenario for success. Okay, so let's talk about some dogs that I think should not be going to the dog park. So if you have a fearful dog, fearful of other dogs, the dog park is not a very good option for a couple of reasons. One would be uh, that you can't control what's happening. You can't control how many dogs are coming up to them. You can't control the level at which the dog is coming in. Um, And I think that that's a recipe for just further intensifying the fear that your dog already experiences around other dogs. On the flip side of that, If your dog is only fearful of people but loves the company of other dogs, I think that that would probably be an exception where I probably would still be taking the dog to the dog park, but it would be really strategic about timing and the actual dog park that I'm taking the dog to. So if you have a fearful dog and the dog is afraid of other dogs, dog park should be an absolute no initially. And again, like I don't think that this has to be a no for forever, but putting your fearful dog in a scenario where they can't control the outcome, you can't control the outcome, it's it's not going to get you any closer to a confident dog. Okay, so that's kind of what I think about dogs who can be fearful. If your dog can be fearful of other people, but they do love the company of other dogs, that's still going to take some management from you. But I do think that it can be doable in certain dog park scenarios. Okay, and those are dogs who are only fearful. Okay, so let's talk about if you have a dog who can be uh, aggressive. So aggressive meaning they are pushy with other dogs, they will pin other dogs, they will bark at, lunge at, bite, even puncture other dogs. Uh, I think this kind of goes without saying, but that dog should absolutely not be going to the dog park. If your dog is aggressive to people, I'm going to give you the same advice. And guys, this is all to prevent um, scenarios in which the dog and or you could fail. So if your dog can act aggressively towards other dogs or aggressively to people, dog park should be a no. I often get the question from clients um, who have dogs who can be dog aggressive if we can muzzle train the dog and they can still go to the dog park. And my answer to that is no. Um, While muzzles are brilliant and they're a great management strategy, I think that that's just too much to muzzle a dog and throw them into a dog park, okay? Um, I do think that your muzzled dog can do awfully stuff, but I think that like the condensed nature of dogs and people at a dog park is still not a good recipe. And, you know, honestly, if I'm at a dog park and I see a muzzled dog, oftentimes their body language is uncomfortable and stiff and afraid. So, and or aggressive, right? So I don't think that a muzzled dog at a dog park is ever a good idea. Okay. Um, I think some other dogs who probably shouldn't be going to dog parks initially are dogs who are non-responsive to you. If you have no recall whatsoever, you should definitely not be taking your dog to the dog park because that is only going to create patterns of behavior in which the dog gets access to the environment and reinforcements, and then you have to struggle to get them back. If your dog is non-responsive, you need to be training 
in scenarios that are less distracting with the ultimate goal of being able to go to the dog park. So if y'all listen to, uh, I can't remember the episode uh, number, but you know, surviving your teenage dog. Um, thank you all for your feedback on that because that was a really good episode and I know that it resonated with a lot of people. But in that episode, I talk about how um, there was a certain dog park where Waylon would not come back to me when we were ready to leave, right? And we didn't not go there for forever, but I took a step back from that big dog park so that we could be successful. Okay, so if you have a non-responsive dog, the dog park is not a great place to go initially, Okay, and guys, there's a lot of flexibility and variation in everything that I just stated. But as a general rule, those are some guidelines I'd be following for dogs that should and or should not be going to the dog park. Okay, so let's talk about choosing a dog park. So we are insanely spoiled here in Colorado because we have a ton of awesome options for dog parks. Um, Don't mind the noise in the background. That's Tiva just trying to get comfortable on her dog bed. So, you know, I like to think of dog parks in two different ways. So we have some dog parks, which are actually just like open trails that dogs are allowed to be off leash on versus like fenced in small areas where everyone just stand or stands around and watches. So as a general rule, I am always going to be choosing dog parks in which people are moving, walking around, maybe doing laps around the trail, maybe, um, you know, doing like going different directions. I'm always going to choose a dog park like that over dog parks where people just stand around and watch. Okay. And that is for a couple of reasons. One, I find that people who are moving have just a little bit more awareness of the impact of their behavior of standing around and watching. And two, um, movement, having the dogs move around, I think can really diffuse tensions if they were to arise versus everyone just standing around and watching. So choosing a dog park is definitely something that's not an easy feat. And I recognize that a lot of people don't have access to you know, 100 acre trail systems where dogs are allowed to be off leash. So you guys, if you're in Colorado, do not take for granted how lucky we are to access all of these trails because that's not everyone's scenario. But um, so yeah, when I'm choosing a dog park, I'm definitely going to be looking at the size, if the dog, if the park is fenced in or not, and it, what people are normally doing while they're there. Um, time of day and day of the week is also something that's pretty important to dog parks. Um, I am very lucky because my schedule can be whatever I want it to be. So I am never going to dog parks on the weekends unless it's like at the crack of dawn when I'm fairly certain that there won't be a ton of people there. So by and large, I am avoiding dog parks at peak hours and peak days because that is when things in my experience tend to go south. Okay, so um, choose wisely. And, you know, it's not always easy, but sometimes that means get up early before work and take the dog to the dog park so that they can have fun, so that they can run around without it being this like crazy zoo of a place. So when you're choosing a dog park, think about those things. And if you're not sure, go to the park and see what's going on. And honestly, I have driven to a dog park and bailed. 
like I've driven up and I noticed how many people were there. I noticed they were all standing around. I could see from the parking lot that the dogs were way over threshold and I bailed. Okay, so you have to be flexible in that way because sometimes the the deck is just not going to be stacked in your favor. So that's some things that I'm thinking about when I'm choosing dog parks. Okay, um, <clears throat> I think that it kind of goes without saying, but I think that it's worth bringing up anyways that like the benefit of the dog park is obviously to enrich your dog's life. So one, they get to be off leash. They get to move freely. Two, their social needs get to be met. And three, so that they can use their nose. Um, those are the benefits of a dog park. And I think for a lot of dogs, um, regular dog park visits are what fulfill their life the most. So I love dog parks in a lot of ways. And I know that there are a lot of trainers in this world who would tell you to never take your dog to the dog park. And, you know, I totally understand that in some ways. But on the flip side of that, like I'm a big believer in dog parks. I've seen it um, greatly improve the quality of dogs' lives and their people's lives. Okay, so let's talk about entering and exiting the dog park. So thank you guys for your feedback on Instagram when I asked about this. If you guys aren't already following me at a good feeling underscore NCO, I very often pull what you want to hear about on the podcast and then I try and address those questions. So one of the questions that I got was how to handle entering a dog park when there are a bunch of dogs congregated at the gate. So this is a dog park that's completely fenced in and has an in and out system. So if I am going to the dog park and it's a fenced in dog park and I can see from the parking lot that there are a lot of dogs loitering at the gate, I will probably choose to do like a short walk in the other direction before I approach the gate. If I still get to the gate and there are a bunch of dogs waiting there, I'm going to just, I'm going to take that as a training opportunity. So I'm going to cue all my dogs to sit. I'm going to highly pay them. I'm going to keep that rate of reinforcement to literally every like two or three seconds and hope that the other people recognize that I need them to call their dogs away from the fence. In my experience, most people get with the program and I can let them in. Um, I'm really lucky in the fact that Tiva and Waylon can handle tension pretty well, and Waylon is the master of diffusing tension. I mean, I have seen this dog, like, you know, dogs rush him, and he can just stand there calmly and really diffuse the situation. So I have that luxury. If you do not have that luxury, if your dog gets even more pumped when they get rushed right away, I probably would be reevaluating the dog park that I'm taking that specific dog to. So I have a fabulous dog called Lucky. guys have probably seen him on my Instagram stories. He's got a blue eye and a brown eye. And while he can be really social, he can also be slightly confrontational with other dogs. So when I take him to dog parks, I intentionally choose parks that don't have fences like that so that I can avoid what I call the red zone for him right? He just can't handle that. Like if a dog comes in hot, then he's going to like snark back. And that's not a great way to start out the dog park visit. Okay. Um, So something else to think about when you're entering dog parks, most of the dog parks here in Colorado um, require the dogs to be on leash until you get them into the dog park. And that is not just, you know, some bullshit rule, guys. That is to make everyone's life easier. So if I'm going somewhere that there's, you know, the dogs need to be leashed before they get into the park, do that. Because if your off-leash dog charges a dog who's coming out on leash, that's not cool, right? Like that really 
is a dick move in a lot of ways. So pay attention to that stuff, right? And you guys know that I'm a rule follower in a lot of ways and I often break leash laws in other ways, but that's one aspect where I'm not because that's really compromising the experience of of dogs and, and their people. So I really try not to do that. Okay, so um, something else that I love before entering a dog park is I want like just calm connection from my dog. They don't necessarily have to sit, but I want them to look at me and at least acknowledge they exist. I'm going to pay with a treat. And then something that if you guys are not already using a release word, a release word means I don't need your attention anymore. You can get up from a stay. You can have access to this food. If you're not already using a release word, I would absolutely start to do that. So when I'm going to a dog park, I'm waiting for the dog to offer their attention. I'm going to mark and reward, and then I'm going to say their release word, unleash, and let them go and play. I really like that pattern of behavior because we're getting just that simple thing of like, hey, pay attention to me. And they're getting this fantastic reward of being off leash and playing with other dogs. So it's not just a free for all when I get to the dog park. I want each dog's attention. And you guys, I'm doing this even if I go to the dog park with five or six dogs. I'm waiting for attention from all of the dogs. Everybody's getting paid and then everybody's getting released at the same time. Okay, so I think that that's a really good habit to be getting in if you are regularly taking your dog to the dog park. So let's talk about exiting the dog park because I know that this is challenging for a lot of people. What often happens is that, you know, we are very predictable and the dog starts to figure out that the only time we call them is when we're going to be leashed and the fun is going to stop. So very early on in every dog that I take to the dog park, I always have food on me at the dog park and I'm always paying for check, (coughs) excuse me, check-in. So anytime the dog offers their attention, I'm going to mark and reward. So they realize that coming to me does not mean that the fun is going to stop. It actually means that they get a food reinforcement and they get to go back to the fun. So if you have a dog who, when you go to to leash them, they start to run from you, that's a behavior you're going to have to work through outside of the dog park. But in general, I want the experience of being re-leashed to be really reinforcing for the dog. And that often means the dog comes, you feed, you leash, you feed again, then you leave. Okay. And if you have a dog who really has a negative association to being released, I would probably even do a couple of those before I leave. So the dog comes back to me. I put the leash on. I reward. I take the leash off. I release them back to play. Right. Just so that we can really emphasize that being leashed is not always the indicator that the fun is going to stop. Okay. So that's something that I'm doing consistently with every dog in my care. Every time we go to the dog park, I'm getting attention. I'm releasing them to play. And then I'm making the releashing and the leaving experience really, really reinforcing. Okay, so something that comes up a lot. I get this question from my clients across the board is, um, should we be training at the dog park? And my answer is absolutely yes. Do I think that you should be micromanaging and demanding your dog's attention the whole time? No, that's not what I'm trying to say here. But if you want the dog to respond to you at the dog park, you need to have fucking reinforcements, okay? And it it deserved the F word because please, for the love of God, people, take reinforcements to the dog park. Have them in a treat pouch and access them when you need them. Something that people ask me all the time is, don't the other dogs bother you at the dog park? And the answer is no, because when I reinforce, I'm reinforcing the dogs and I'm closing the treat pouch and I'm moving on. If you are going to the dog park with a Ziploc baggie of treats and making this huge 
deal about it. Like, oh man, I got to get the Ziploc baggie out of my pocket. I got to open the Ziploc baggie. Now I got to give the dog the treat. Then you're just making a big commotion. And of course, you're getting the attention of a lot of dogs at the dog park. So taking treats to the dog park means that you need to discreetly use them. You guys have heard me preach on this before, but get a treat pouch. They're so useful and timely reinforcements. Okay, so you should absolutely be taking food reinforcements with you to the dog park. If other dogs are constantly bothering you about the treats, I think you need to reevaluate like how you're bringing and dispensing the treats. Does that make sense? Because honestly, in all of my years going to dog parks, I think maybe like one or two times I've really had a dog like harass me about the treats I had in my pocket. And honestly, you know, people want to talk shit and be like, well, if you didn't have treats, the dog wouldn't be bothering you. Like, okay, well, I'd like to flip that on you and talk shit back to you that if you had food, you could call your dog away from me. Okay, so I'm just going to leave that there. So you should absolutely be taking food reinforcements with you to the dog park. When you are training at the dog park, I really am not asking for anything formally initially. And I'm talking like the first like five to 15 minutes. I'm just, the intention of going to the dog park is to let their do- the dog do their thing, to say hi to dogs, to sniff things, to lift their leg, right? So when I'm going to the dog park, I'm not really expecting anything. I'm not asking anything. If the dog offers their attention, I am absolutely going to be marking and rewarding. But that's only if they offer it. I'm not asking for it. Okay, and something that I see a lot of dog parks that I wish people would stop doing is constantly calling their dogs away from interactions with other dogs. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes tensions get high. But for the most part, the point is for the dog to socialize. Let them go up to the other dog and say hello. Because in my experience, if you're interrupting that, it can almost just add more tension to the situation. So let your dog just say hi to other dogs. That's the point of being at a dog park. All the other dogs are off leash and the dog can just say hi. So something I'm really thinking about is not micromanaging. Um, Before I was a dog trainer, I worked as a bartender for many years and I can think of a certain manager that I had who micromanaged me and she tormented me and it was awful. I absolutely hated working for her and I don't want to do that to my dog. So you should not be micromanaging the dog at the dog park, okay? Let them sniff, let them explore, let them say hi to other dogs, let them do their thing, okay? After I've been there for like five to 15 minutes, it's going to depend on your dog. That's when I maybe, if the distraction level is low, will practice a few recalls. When I say distraction level is low, that means the dog is not actively playing with another dog. They're not actively going to seek out another dog. They're not getting attention from a person, right? That's when I'm going to call. I'm going to do a jackpot. So if you guys don't know, a jackpot is several treats, one right after the other. And then I'm going to release the dog back to their environment. Okay. And then, um, like we talked about before, I'm definitely rewarding for the calm going into the park and I'm rewarding for the releasing. So that's really all that I'm doing in the way of training at the dog park. It's small, but it's super duper meaningful. Okay, if you have a dog who does stuff at the dog park and you feel like you constantly need to call them. So a dog who's constantly jumping on people. That's something that I would be troubleshooting outside of the dog park so that I didn't have to constantly micromanage. Something else to consider when you are at the dog park is if you are standing still 
you're kind of boring. Move, walk around. And the dog will start to pay attention to like, hmm, I wonder where my person is. Okay. And honestly, when I'm at the dog park, I'm pretty constantly like walking around and moving where, you know, whatever the dog park looks like. And my dogs are pretty consistently checking in to see what I'm doing. I don't necessarily, I don't really have to call them per se. Right. And, you know, Shit hits the van sometimes. Dog parks get tense. There's dogs that shouldn't be there. And I do think that sometimes there are scenarios where you do need to call your dog away from another dog. But for the most part, I'm not doing that, right? It's like if I went up to shake someone's hand and my husband were to be like, hey, Rachel, come over here. I'd be like, why are you so rude? I'm doing something. Leave me alone here. Okay, so give your dog the same courtesy. Um And I think that that leads us into some common courtesies at the dog park that I think that as the human, you can absolutely be doing. So first and foremost would be follow the leash laws, getting in and getting out of the dog park. Like I talked about, they're there for a reason. It makes everyone's life easier. So if it's required that the dog be on a leash before they go in, do that. Okay. something else that I'm doing as a common courtesy at the dog park is if I am like going to the gate to get in and I can see other people are going in, I'm going to wait. I'm going to let them pass. So that doesn't have to be this like, um, you know, huge ordeal to get into the dog park and vice versa. If I am in the dog park and I can see that someone is trying to come in and my dogs are loitering at the gate, I'm going to call them away so that the dog can come in without getting blasted by like, you know, however many dogs I have in my care at that moment. Okay, so that's that's stuff that I'm definitely paying attention to to make everyone's life easier. Okay, Um, something else that I'm doing, even though it's not always fun or ideal, is I am always picking up poop. You guys, dog parks get closed. Dog parks get condemned for waste buildup. And it's on us. We have to be picking up the poop if we want to keep these spaces nice and clean. If you guys live in Colorado, um, there used to be a fabulous dog park in Evergreen, which is like a little mountain town. And that dog park was closed, still is closed. The last I heard, it will not be reopened because of the negative impact on the condensed amount of waste on the surrounding areas. And that's a real shame because that dog park was a lifeline for a lot of people and a lot of dogs, guys. So do it. You got to pick up the poop. And something that I do, and I try not to do it condescendingly, is when I see people who didn't notice that their dog pooped, I just like, hey, they went poop over there. And people are like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go pick it up. And I want people to do the same, right? So you have to be doing that. And I think that that's something that if we want access to these dog parks, we have to do or they're going to get closed. Okay, so those are some things that I'm trying to do as common courtesies. Okay, if there is a dog at the dog park that I feel like is consistently harassing other dogs, acting a fool, um, my mode is usually to get as far away from that dog as I possibly can and or leave. Um, You know, you got you got to do your style. You got to do what you're comfortable with. But I honestly have no interest in confronting people at the dog park and it leading to an altercation. So that's definitely a scenario where I'm usually not saying anything. I'm just paying attention to it. I'm moving away from it and leaving if I really need to. Something that I will absolutely say is that if I see someone leave a pinch collar on their dog at the dog park, because that is a risk to my dog's. And I'm trying again. I'm trying not to be a dick about it. Um, you heard, you know, in a 
the uh, two episodes ago, 38, like how we can work together as a dog community. I'm really trying not to like maliciously approach people, right? But my mode is usually like, hey, can you take that off your dog? I'm worried that it will hurt my dog. And usually people are like, okay, cool, right? They don't even really think about it. So um, that's, you know, again, you have to use your own judgment there. But by and large, if there's a dog who is acting a fool that shouldn't be at the dog park, I'm usually just leaving. Yeah. So that's usually just my go-to. Okay, guys. So dog parks. I hope this was helpful. I hope that this gave you some perspective, some point of views. Let's be honest. Some dogs just need an opportunity to run around off-leash so that it's easier to live with them. The only caveat to that is that not all dogs are trustworthy off-leash. That is why I created my 21-day recall training program, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you the exact framework that I use to get Wayland's recall to almost 100% reliability. As an added bonus in Trustworthy Recalls, we've also just added a whistle recall training plan. So whether you need to train a verbal cue or a whistle recall, we got you in our 21-day training program, Trustworthy Recalls. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.